2: Downloading and listening to another episode of the award-winning Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Whatever award that is, uh, I can't tell you that's currently un- uh, currently under wraps, and I can't tell you any more than that. But enjoy! Android- <laughs> oh my God, this has been an absolutely awful intro. Ah, uh, escapes down, audacity's down. I'm down. Let's start again, eh? Sorry, folks, I'll take over from here. Welcome to another episode of Ricky and
1: Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Supports Podcast Network. My name is Ricky, and I'm joined, as ever, by my good friend and co-host, Clive. Good evening.
2: Uh, is it, I don't know if it's a good evening. It is an evening, nonetheless.
1: Uh, it's that, Tuesday evening, our new nights to record.
2: Yep. Uh, we're fresh off a, a Monday Night Raw where Matt Riddle is walking about with a scooter. Can you explain that one to me? Not even in the slightest. All I hope is Seamus kicks
1: a living
2: hell out of him at WrestleMania. Disappointed for Seamus. I feel as if that... I think all the hard luck that's went in by him the last few weeks, the few months really, and for him not to get a blow-off at WrestleMania is a bit disappointing. I have to say that. I just feel that it should have been... I think a triple threat would have been acceptable there. They've obviously got the rise on a triple threat in the SmackDown side of things, but I don't know. If I'd been warring with Drew McIntyre for a few months and then I had to deal with a a man of questionable a questionable private behaviour, I wouldn't have been too happy. I hope he's getting a good payday for that.
1: But. Well. That's what I think. I think he will face Riddle at Wrestlemania, and I also think he'll win at Wrestlemania. I'm hoping to do, it because he's it, it, been intriguing in the last few months. Uh, I think we've we both have always been um, big fans of Sheamus, so... Uh, and not just from his League of Nations days, but... <laughs> uh, I, I, I think he will go to face Riddle at Wrestlemania. Um, should be a good match, and but I, think
2: I, I hope they do give him the title as well because I think he deserves it. Yes, and I don't think... Just pure bias here and just off of what we hear, I don't think Riddle does deserve it. So if things are looking a bit bleak health-wise for Keith Lee, as as rumoured, then there's no one else really that I can think of off the top of my head who can slot right in there. Seamus has been sort of top, top tier of the mid-card for a while now, so I think it... I suppose it does make sense. Some that
1: yeah. sort of things. And I think a Seamus Keith Lee program would be quite good as well.
2: Oh, actually that would be going forward.
1: I mean we've just had what is that three matches now between Seamus and Drew in the last of six weeks or so. Uh-huh. All been really, really good. Um really enjoyed the one on Sunday and I think yeah, it's been good, but at the same time, like we say a while ago, that the storyline for Drew and Sheamus is right there for WrestleMania. This was right before uh, obviously lost the title. And, and they could have went in that direction if they wanted to. And I think what the last few weeks has shown is that that would have been worthy of main event in WrestleMania, um, or being in a significant slot of WrestleMania anyway. It's you know it's kind of disappointing, but don't get me wrong. Like I'm still looking forward to Lashley and Drew. Um, I think that will be a good match as well. But like I say, uh, the the no storyline there anyway for Bobby Lashley and Drew, there's no doubt about that. But you know the Sheamus and Drew one was really, really intriguing. You know, and I felt like you could have taken that story right up to WrestleMania.
2: Maybe they pulled the trigger on it too early, but I think I... they did. If it was our intention to have Bobby Lashley it'd be all and end all or the sort of final picture then fair enough and as I've said before I wanted to see Lashley versus Drew at the big stage so I can't can't fault that it's just I don't know Seamus seems to have just been put to the outside he's the third wheel a wee bit here but what can you do?
1: No that's true um I mean, I felt fascinating. Um, obviously, I thought Daniel Bryan and Roman was really, really good. Uh, and true and Sheamus as well. I enjoyed Nakamura and Seth. Um,
2: yes, that was good. Uh,
1: you know, the lessons about the Fiend and and stuff, you know, I think,
2: um, Can I say one thing on that? Yep. Yeah, like I get you. Uh, It's. I really couldn't care. And I think actually Alexa's provocative pin of Orton took Mm -hmm. away the shock value of Bray Bray Wyatt's new mask.
1: I won't lie to you, as soon as I saw that, I was a bit like, oh, it's an interesting position you've just assumed.
2: (laughs) uh, Mrs. Orton was not too happy at all.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I saw that. Um,
2: but that mask is <laughs> fucked up.
1: It to get is, but... Like... Uh, yeah, like... I, I'm just... I'm not high on the female character. Like, I said it from the get-go, that the problem with this character is that it, it's it's all or nothing, there's never really going to be that in-between kind of thing, you know, either he kills people or he dies himself kind of thing, like a classic horror movie character, and I guess obviously that's the direction we're going with anyway from the get-go, but Mm I don't know, maybe I'm such a a Bray Wyatt, Mark, that I was never really going to fall in love with this gimmick, but this doesn't do anything for me. Um, But like I said, I thought Overall, Fastlane was, was a pretty good card. Um, don't know me wrong, I didn't think there was a need for it. Um, I would rather... If I was going to have any pay-per-views between Rumble and Mania, I don't
2: have
1: one. Uh-huh. Um, and I, 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 It wouldn't bother me if I didn't have a pay-per-view in between it. But okay. I feel like two is excessive. Um, you know, So a lot of those matches even though they're really, really good. You know, you can beef up a lot of these shows in between, Wrestle and Royal and Rumble and, R- and almost have, like, mini-type pay-per-views and just really beef it up and and make people want to tune in and not kind of, as they sometimes do, build up to me. It's like, obviously, now they won't. And say, oh, well, subscribe to the network and you've got a month, three years. Like, well, oh, you won't need to do that if you just beef up some of these shows and, 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 and just get people's interest um, uh-huh. a little higher. So... Don't get me wrong, like just because you obviously touched on Roman and Daniel Bryan, like, I think us and a lot of people did obviously say it. You know that, you know this is going to probably turn into a triple threat, and Daniel Brown's going to hijack it again. Um, um, uh uh-huh. The fact that Edge is now no longer, hopefully, you know, babyface, um, you know. Like I understand Edge come back as a baby face because not such a rug thing, but Edge's best work was always when he was a heel. Okay, a agree. piece of shit heel. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely going to be a triple threat. I think that's it's not confirmed, but it's almost inevitable now. Um, I would wonder warning for WWE though. Having Daniel Bryan and the world title scene at any time, especially not to WrestleMania, isn't good. Uh, you know, it's. It
2: was different. Don't have them there. It was different with ha- Cody. Yeah, it was different with Kofi, to be fair. Yep. That it, was, that was, was different, different because.
1: Oh, definitely. But I just mean in in that chasing okay. uh, capacity because it's now three years really. Obviously, 20. What was it? 14, 13? The whole yes movement. And then was it 2015. I think he came back, well, came back and he was in the Royal Rumble at Philadelphia and he got thrown out midway through it but then we want to face Roman later on. Um, and obviously the reason why I say don't do it is because <laughs> quite clearly, like, I would assume that, look, let's just assume that this wasn't part of the plan going with yeah. Triple Threat, even though even though the storyline is playing out perfectly, You've got no intention of having him there, so why would you even put yourself in that position? That's what I mean by nothing good can come of it from a WWE point of view. From other point of view, it's fucking excellent. I'm all for it. Um, one of the absolute greats. Um, so, I'm more than intrigued. There's a lot of factors, uh, different things and factors going into it. All three men have got issues with each other. Uh-huh. Um, I mean... It's crazy, like, suddenly Roman and Edge, which was it was built up for a while, these two seem to have the least amount of heat between each other going into it because now Daniel Bryan's got a legitimate gripe with Edge and obviously all these issues he's had going on with Roman. So, just... I'm looking forward to it, I think that's a terrific main event and I think Daniel Bryan wins.
2: See, that's the thing. Right? They, they do enjoy a triple threat at Mania. For the big titles, and I'm all for Daniel Bryan being in it. I think, it, as you say, I think the story has been organically told over several several weeks. It's not, it's not shoehorned in to the extent that Charlotte Flair was. no, no it's not. It doesn't. It's
1: not. It feels really
2: organic. Uh huh. And it's just, I'm so excited about the match. And I'm, as you say, kind of guessed what there would be some sort of shenanigans involved in a match at Fastlane. Which, I loved, yep. by the way, I thought Daniel Bryan um, just treating Roman Reigns like a fool at the start was fantastic. Just that cockiness that he's got, but he can pull it off. It's an arrogance he's allowed to have, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but I know that I'll... I, I've, I'm different from you in saying that I know that I'll be disappointed come the end of WrestleMania. 'Cause I just don't feel that Daniel Bryan's gonna win. It just feels like although it's been told slowly but surely, it'd be quite the swerve from what we had seen as Roman Reigns versus Edge for a couple of months turning into the Daniel Bryan show. I don't I don't see him winning. So I think you're right in saying WWE have shot themselves in the foot. But it's in the fact that they could have yet another backlash with regards to Daniel Bryan's treatment or presentation. <laughs> See, I think
1: it's playing out the way it did. What was that, WrestleMania 30, wasn't it? Yes. I think it's playing out the kind of same way. Oh, Roman's in that Orton role at the moment. I think he's always at a higher level when Orton was there, but I'm just going to comparison. Daniel Bryan's himself and, and Edge and Batista, returning legends, coming in, winning the Rumble, going on to the main event of WrestleMania and ultimately kind of being the third wheel in it anyway. Um, so I, I think personally I think Daniel Bryan pins. I think he either pins or makes Edge tap and then you could go one of two ways, you can go Roman says before I come back to you Bryan I've got issues, I need to deal with Edge first because I didn't lose and you could do maybe go that way or you run Roman and Daniel Bryan back again where Roman obviously gets the immediate rematch because you know, he wasn't pinned and you quote-unquote you still protect him kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I always maintain that when Roman loses his title it has to be in front of a crowd because it'll be a big-ass moment and obviously we're going to get a crowd at WrestleMania. I just think it's going to be Edge that mm-hmm. beats pin.
2: You've got a good point because it's the first Mania back, it's the first show they're going to have fans for in over a year. It's a WrestleMania. What better way to make it a very special moment than having Daniel Bryan leave as a tramp again. I just I just the cynic in me thinks no, they're just going to play that card again with Daniel Bryan. He's just put in to please the Smarks and he'll walk away empty handed at the end of it. I dunno. It's a tough one. But it's still it's still really compelling. I think it's by far and away the most interesting thing going on in WWE just now, personally, a lot of that is on SmackDown, and, and sorry that that's saying something considering what's going on in SmackDown because Biggie and Apollo, they had the kind of match that I'm really into right now, just that ugly, gritty brawl fight. But I don't know, was that ending botched or was it intended? Because they didn't show a replay, and I've I didn't really catch exactly what happened.
1: Not entirely sure, but I don't mind kind of finishes like that where it's kind of like a, a one, two, three pinfall out and over. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm happy. And also I know a lot of people don't like it. Anyways, I, I, still like it. I still like it to throw it in there, throw in like a wee curveball now and then. Um, I don't mind finishes like that. Um, I expect it to go again at WrestleMania.
2: That's what um, I'm happy with. If there was a botched <sighs> ending, even if it, like there's still that programme's still ongoing. And I think Apollo's doing fantastic work just now. Biggie as well. His promos are really passionate, really... like he's, You can see him shaking in his boots as he's saying these promos and talking about the vengeance. And he's like, I'm coming for you. That, that's all that matters to me now. But the one he cut when he came back to SmackDown was absolutely fantastic. Oh, so powerful. Looks really, scary.
1: really good. It was. It was excellent. But what I love about it, he comes in and does his usual entrance and and he's happy and then just just like that with a flick of a switch he's like you know the smile's gone mm-hmm. you know kind of thing um, I think
2: he's really on his yeah. acting chops here because we just know him as Big E the Big Dafty um, cutting promos on Goldberg on his podcast and whatnot, and and he's hitting out with this stuff and it's just wow yep It's just powerhouse performances for the pair of them it's fantastic and also on Smackdown the Fight Forever duo of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn that looks like it's going to start heading into Wrestlemania now for something that's been a sort of a comedy part of Smackdown with Sami Zayn's paranoia and the documentary makers and stuff and then it just that was a fucking hell of a kick that he gave Kevin Owens at the commentary table like instantly Sami Zayn's like rage just made that a heated rivalry straight away. So I'm counting off here. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews and Big E, triple threat for a universal title, Bobby versus Drew, Bianca versus Sasha, Rhea Ripley versus Asuka which we'll touch on in a minute. Uh, Seamus versus Matt Riddle. Potentially. Potentially. Not too hot in that one, but if it means Seamus wins, great this is turning into a fucking like a perfect mania for me like I want to see all of those matches that's that's a stellar card so far I know it really really um, is
1: uh, and there's obviously you'd assume one or two other matches uh, obviously we've got new Day versus AJ Styles and almost and Omos as well um, and like I said, I'm not to of with autumn versus fiend, um, but we could get Sagun Rud versus Street Profits as well. We um, could, yes. So, like, it's already shaping up to be quite to look quite nice. I don't think they haven't announced the main events of the show, but they've started announcing which matches are going to be on which night. Oh, have they? Yep. So. On, on um night one, we've got Lashley and Drew, Sasha and Bianca, Bad Bunny and Miz, I think that was confirmed uh, last night. So that's on night one so far, as far as I'm aware. And night two, we'll have Roman and Edge, probably Daniel Bryan in there as well. Um, Ask and Rhea Ripley, Fiend and Randy Orton. So, obviously, you'd assume if it's going to be Sheamus and Riddle and E versus Apollo, we'll be one night each for those matches as well, so they won't you know, they won't put that on the one night. Um, and then each tag match as well for the titles will feature as well. We've not, I've not saw anything about the women's tag title either as yet. I'm sure they might end up throwing something in together. Um... But what I say, is that's already, on the first night anyway, that's three really good matches. The second night so far, it's two matches, arguably the match that most people are looking forward to, and that's the potential triple threat match.
2: The the women's tag titles of both times have been around, have been um, fatal four-ways, or however you want to say it, for tag title matches. Uh, Shane and Naya, there's a bit of animosity between the two. But that's killed down again after the win, so I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening there. You've got Natalia and Tamina, which finally I think Tamina's in something that suits her.
1: You've got Naomi and Lana about, um, right. so they, c- they could potentially do that. Um, we'll see. Um, the other thing <coughs> that I was going to mention about. Um, Mania or Mania week. Like, I think when you look at the entire week, it's just ridiculously loaded. You, know, you go from the, the go-home show of Raw um, followed by the two nights of TakeOver um, yes. with Dynamite taking place as well. Um, and then on a the Friday, you've got the SmackDown go-home show and then you've got WrestleMania over two weeks. I actually think... I need to double check this but I'm sure Impact are running a pay-per-view that weekend as well
2: well usually when WrestleMania come to town they've always all the independents have got stuff on anyway so they would in terms of just viewership and wrestling people are pumped for it it'd be a good idea to do it if they are they probably are
1: that entire week's loaded I. Right.
2: I wonder. I wonder who's going to step up to Pete Dunne. I really want that to be a thing. I mean, well, I'm trying to think. Dan- know, sorry, Daniel Bryan was on the a radio show with uh, Talk Sport guy Alex McCarthy. Yep. He's on just today I believe or at some point this week and he was asked about what Pete Dunne said and Daniel Bryan said I'd love to, I'd love to fight Pete Dunne. Obviously Daniel Bryan's going to be otherwise engaged so I don't think we'll see it happen. But who else is there that you can think of that Pete Dunne can say that he's a better technical wrestler, man?
1: Um I mean I'd love to see him in Roddy. Mm
2: Mm-mm. I technically their rivalry goes way back.
1: Um, I think when you look at and so in, in, I'll touch on the Pete Donnelly in a second, but the so they announced also um, the thingy, the NXT uh, main events as well, so night ones, um, Raquel, Gonzalez versus um, no should I. And then it's going to be Finn Balor and Caring Cross on the second night. Um, I actually thought Kyle Riley and Adam Cole would close one of those shows. Um What to Be. Um, and we've also got um Jordan Devlin versus Escobar as well. I just don't know which night. Uh, I don't know if that's pronounced, I can't remember.
2: I can see Cole and O'Reilly being one of those unsan- unsanctioned matches. Possibly, we always have Walter and Champ as well. Oh, yes. that was very good to see Walter back, I have to say. Speaking
1: I'm just trying to think who Pete Dunne.
2: The only person I can um, think of would be Timothy Thatcher. Well,
1: that's what I was thinking as well. And that would be a good match. Probably.
2: Um
1: yeah, I think Roddy Strong I'd love to see that. Timothy thatcher but like I say is maybe the one. Um I can't see them bringing anyone else over from the next UK or you know, debuting somewhere, you know, this close to Mania. Um maybe we could build it, you know, we're a few weeks away. No, that would be
2: those are my picks. I can't if if uh, if Tramp is involved with Volta, I can't really see Thatcher doing anything else unless there is something else going on with Imperium. But I am sure all will be revealed in due course. Speaking of unsanctioned matches, did you see that Lights Out match last week? The Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa number. Yep, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have to say. Uh, no,
1: uh, um, uh, the image of Brett Baker, uh, you know, um, just covered in blood as an image. Aye, that was that. that that's, an, that's an image. Um, I actually saw someone, and this isn't to crap on him because, like I said, I've really, really enjoyed that much. <laughs> um, it's I saw someone put. Uh, an image on Twitter, it was half one, the first half of the uh, photo was uh, Britt Baker, and then next to it was a Becky Lynch one, and they were like, oh, same vibes or something, I'm like, Please don't, stop. I I don't even I really enjoy that match, but no, don't, mm-hmm. because the Becky thing was just so organic, and, and I don't care what anyone says, that, that image of the blood added to it, and that wasn't planned.
2: See, aye, exactly. It wasn't planned and she just took it in her stride. If, if Britt Baker wasn't just saying it for the lulls and she was actually looking for praise from Meltzer after that match, as was seen in that video after. See, that's kind of shit's pathetic. That's in, sad. And speaking that's of Meltzer, sad.
1: the fact that look, I loved this match at Dynamite, but please don't turn around and tell me that it was better than bloody um, Sasha and Bailey or Asuka and Ember Moon like just no I'm not having that
2: hey, what did they say
1: well they gave that they gave It's a. I think it's the second highest rating I saw oh, right, that he's ratings. given right, okay. you know I mean bearing in mind I'm almost certain asking sorry not a Bailey and Sasha got a four and a half or something from him and I think this was four and three quarters or whatever but yeah, at the end of the day that's just one guy's opinion but the fact that he came out and say stuff like oh, I really
2: hope Meltzer gives it a good rate, and it's like, fucking wise up. It's just sad, to be honest, man. I just... I, I, we've all got our opinions on Meltzer, and as you say, it is one man's opinion, but that opinion is held as gospel by many, and it's just... <laughs> it's used by r- news reports all over the place. It's just... It's sad. It's <laughs> sad. That's the only way I can describe it.
1: Uh, don't get me wrong, like... I'm not here to bash him or nothing because a lot of the things that he says is is turned out to be true and stuff. And I've always says Look, remember he told us it was going to Roman Brock again a year in advance, and, and it was true. But there's a lot of stuff he gets wrong as well. He just says stuff, and it's like plans change, or he just says things that you're like, do you know what? Like you're just saying it for the heck's sake. I've seen it, and it's like what bothers me. I've always said it, and it's like you know if you if bias doesn't come into you, your thinking you're just lying like there's nothing wrong with saying I'm sort of biased to this kind of style or this company or whatever because that's what you enjoy because you're just a fan at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey whatever man is
2: to their own. You know, the Well, The actual match itself I really enjoyed And a point I'd said to my fan the other day on Twitter it was something that I think was a wee bit overlooked because understandably there was I mean that Death Valley driver onto the ladder looked horrendous. Like, that could have been a broken neck job straight away, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, and it was executed perfectly, even while looking grisly. Uh, the table spots were beautiful. The thumbtacks were fantastic. But it was... Is her name Rebel? Uh, Brit's sidekick? Mm-hmm. She's during the downtime, when either Thunder's selling or Brit selling, or there's just a bit of downtime in the match. Brit, uh, Rebel kept the pace up by herself setting up the furniture, getting chairs out from underneath the ring, um, clearing furniture or helping, like literally clear blood from Britt's eyes. Rebel helped keep that match going at a really solid pace and it gave it a, fr- a right frantic feel to the match. And I, I really appreciated that. I thought, this is fucking 100 miles an hour stuff. Really enjoyed that. Just so in, into the, the small
1: form. the small minor details that that make you enjoy a match more or dislike mm-hmm. a match. It's just it's small little things it it might seem small in the grand scheme of things, but it's what it kinda of sticks on you like you know, you can or you go that was actually mm-hmm. well done.
2: I mean it's probably because it wasn't a pay per view. If it was they would have had more time to sort of grind it out a bit. But to help it Go at such a pace it kind of reminded me of the no D- I don't know if you remember it but it was a no DQ match on Raw between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins uh, it was a night where D- Dean Ambrose was cub stomped through some cinder blocks so to, came- write him, to write him off to go do the movie aye that's right but yep. it was a TV match and it was violent obviously it's no it's PG violent but it was heavy duty and it was fast as hell it just gave it a such a good energy that you couldn't help but be on the edge of your seat for it mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, you know my feelings towards the EW, but I thought that match was probably one of the better ones I've seen from them definitely wouldn't say it was better than the likes of personally the Hell in a Cell matches I've seen for the women in WWE or the War Games matches or some of the title matches in NXT but it's certainly the best that, AEW women's match I've seen for sure oh
1: definitely
2: definitely Uh, can I tell you a really really fucked up dream I had on Monday night yep (laughs) right you you might think I'm exaggerating but I'm not (laughs) it's wrestling related that's why I bring it up Mm mhm so I had a dream I was watching like Raw or Smackdown or whatever it was and Eddie Guerrero was talking to Chris Benoit, but it was now, it was current times, and it dawned on me that they had... Remember, eh, I'd said to Rance the other night, remember, they did a hologram of Tupac doing a concert? Say that again? Do you remember a few years ago, they had whoever was in charge... Made a hologram of two people uh, doing a performance yep. on stage. Well, WWE had decided to bring back Chris Benoit as a hologram, oh, as like a full time wrestler. And I was, I realised what was going on in the dream, and I thought that is the worst thing that WWE have ever done. And then it like only when I woke up did I realise. <laughs> hold on a minute, Eddie Guerrero's dead as well. They've made him a hologram as well. <laughs> It's definitely a, a dream that I woke up and thought, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> That's
1: ridiculous. By the way, just it's just popped in my head. The other one that for Pete Dunne could be Kushida.
2: Uh, nah, not for me. Kushida's just not done it for me.
1: The only one possible would be Gargano, but you know I don't see that.
2: Gercano's still the NA champ, yes? Yep. I think Dexter's going to get that. I
1: know, that's what I'm saying, so it'd be weird for the champ to come out mm-hmm. and confront him, and tell him. I know it's happened before and stuff like that, but yeah. I think we are probably looking at either Thatcher. Probably most likely with Thatcher.
2: Aye. Well, speaking of NXT, thoughts and prayers with Danny Burch. Danny Burch, who has come to light very recently that he's had to... Undergo surgery for a separated shoulder and only Larkin. God bless his long fingered soul. Uh, they've had to vacate the titles. Yep. That's a shame. It's time to put on the grizzled young bets. <laughs> it fucking is. It is. <laughs> That's all. That's all.
1: Every cloud has a silver lining.
2: I'm sure Danny Birch feels that. That's yeah, alright, we're, we're good with that. We're, we're grizzled young vets marks. We oh, yeah. are. And James Drake's getting some mic time as well. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I thought it was a meme, just an ongoing rib that you would never ever get to speak <laughs> never on a mic. Any
1: mic
2: <laughs> I wish you kept that going actually. I know. But, anytime grizzled young vets are on my screens, I'm a happy chap. A happy chappy. But with regards to Danny Birch, I say this with my tongue in cheek a wee bit, but only a wee bit. So, uh, Car- Carrying Cross, he himself had a shoulder injury at the start of his career, near the start of his NXT career. He was out for months, similar to Finn Balor's injury. He does a double suplex to Only Locking and Danny Birch. Birch landed pretty badly on his shoulder, so that's another shoulder injury. Danny Butcher's gubbed thanks to Carrying Cross. If Finn Balor was out with her, for a long time with her shoulder injury, I would be a wee bit worried going in a match with Carrying Cross. If I was Finn Balor, to be honest with you.
1: No, I, I understand, but
2: I'm not I'm not enamoured Yeah. that match. You're not fussed with a match, uh, neither am I. No, I'm
1: just. I don't know I'm not really sure about carrying cross. Um, just I don't know who said it. I feel like James Boyd might have said it. it or it might have been Caleb, I don't know. You're 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 like a killer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But your moveset doesn't really reflect it.
2: I don't think his finisher reflects it. I think, I don't know, I think just clubs to the head are quite a uh, finisher to me. They're just so often, so plentiful. Even kicks to the head are plentiful as well. And don't get me wrong, I do enjoy his presence, his entrances, just his overall demeanour. But there's only been one match where I've been properly blown away and that was the Santos Escobar match, I thought that was a fantastic match. So I'm holding a bit of hope uh, that he's just better suited to wrestling smaller guys than him. And we do actually end up getting a banger, but otherwise, I don't know, I'm not... It's not a match that I'm overly looking forward to.
0: i
1: am never... I'm never big on the main title not closing a show. I've always said that there has to be a special type match that should close a show, like Roman versus Taker. Rightfully closed WrestleMania because we were led to believe well, it was Taker's last match, and Gargano and Champ have closed um, uh, takeovers as well. You know, so there's been other ones, but. I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like that it's a lackluster end to a potential to a two night takeover. Um, That's a good point. Just, just you know, I felt like O'Reilly and Cole would have been better suited in that spot.
2: Especially if they did an unsac go down the unsanctioned road. I wouldn't say it's a concern, but it's just a bit of a letdown. That's not a yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, no.
1: Like I said, I, I'm struggling to get hype for this match.
2: I'm most hyped for Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez so I'm as a, an entitled fan I am getting what I want and, oh, and
1: the fact that I love the fact that that's closing one of the nights uh-huh. as well which, but th- so, which tells me it's,
2: it's a title change as well
1: right I hope um night one follows suit and has Sasha and Bianca closing
2: Well, someone, I can't remember who, I believe it was actually a fellow Scott on Twitter, said, how good would it... D- Drew McIntyre's always said he would love to be the first one to wrestle in front of fans again. So, how's this for out? You've got Bobby and Drew first on night one. Mm-hmm. And yep. Bianca and Sasha to end the night. i will probably and I think with Bianca and Sasha, I think after Sunday there, I think it's... Um,
1: I think they're going to really turn up the heat now and I think they're really going to start to see them bring this home this next few weeks this feud um, and let's hope that they just showcase you know great heel Sasha and just how wonderful talent and unique Bianca is and you just let them go out and put on sort absolute clinic
2: it will be it will be I've always said that Sasha's very damn near the best wrestler in the world when she's confident uh, in herself, and I think she's very confident in herself, and she has been for some time now since she came back. So, obviously the the groundwork has been laid for quite a, the boss, the heel boss. After that vicious slap that we saw in Fastlane Lane, so it's looking good for Sasha being the heel and Bianca going in as the face. So, yep. if that's the case for headlining one of the nights again, I feel like a, a championship change is on the cards here. So that kind of brings us nicely to the other main roster women's t- title match. In terms of booking and all that stuff, it's a bit bizarre that your main, your flagship shows women's title match is going to an NXT call up straight away for WrestleMania. Um, That's
1: an interesting take.
2: I know, and many people. I always feel that WWE is not in the business of making stars anymore when both women's matches could tell you the opposite of that. But it's just, just waltzed in there and she's getting a title shot. Now, I am looking forward to the match. I don't think I've ever seen them lock up before. So
1: I, w- I, w- I will say this, right, Wears, three moments if you want to call it on the quote unquote main rosters Um, have been 2020 Royal Rumble where she looked awesome and was dominant was a a real good Wrestlemania match with Charlotte, granted she lost and the next one being, being one of the final two in this year's Royal Rumble so to me it shouldn't come as a surprise that they're going with this. Okay. It shouldn't come as a, who the hell are you? It's like, well, just a simple bit of research and you'll know who the hell she is. Uh-huh. Um, Another thing is that, uh, I mean, they've probably gone with Rhea because of Charlotte having COVID. Um, and, and with it being about three weeks out, I don't know how long she's had COVID, I don't know if it's on her tweet because she says she's been diagnosed four days ago or I can't remember what she says. Well, well she be available for WrestleMania, that's the other thing. Like she would, um, you know, she's She got to stay indoors and in quarantine for the next amount of days, for about two weeks, and then it leaves it a week to go with WrestleMania, and you just don't know how she's got to feel physically.
2: Aye, uh, for the sounds of it, the fact that it's been kept a bit under wraps until Charlotte had to squash some rumours, she could be in a bit of bad health.
1: Well, and that's it, and I think by putting Rhea, Rhea in here, you're covering yourself going a one-on-one, and if they really wanted to, you could always shoehorn Charlotte into that if you wanted to make it a triple threat, if she's health-wise, is better come WrestleMania time.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But I think Asuka loses that title anyway. Aye,
2: and I think just from a pure match quality standpoint, that's gonna be a hard hitting number and I'm there. It's gonna be great. I'm here for it. I always feel I always feel like especially after even the loss to Charlotte in last year's WrestleMania, Rhea turns up for the big matches. Uh Io Shirai it's, a, it's an often forgotten about title match that Rhea Ripley had on NXT T V, but she had a a grueling affair with Io <coughs> Shirai in the autumn season. Mm-hmm. Two hard hitting matches with um, Raquel Gonzalez and the cage match with Mercedes Martinez, which was fucking brilliant. was oh, great. That's like, uh, fantastic. She's taken over the mantle for me for Big Match John uh, and Kenny's Best Bout Machine. She turns up for the big events.
1: That'll be a night two match as well. Mm hmm. So that will beef up night two significantly. So we've not about One more thing, NXT wise. Unless you're going to say something else, On you go? No, no. I'm assuming we're probably going to mention the same thing. But you, on you go?
2: I don't know what you're going to say because I'm talking about. Since we're talking about Charlotte, the elephant in the room.
1: Yep. The that's what
2: going to... Right, Andrade, Mister, yep. Mister Sombra Fair play to him. Yeah, absolutely. Him. He's went about it the right way, the way that I favour. Uh, he's not on social media, being a dick, openly being a dick, being passive-aggressive. He's just come out and said, listen, I want to leave. I've put in my, I've asked, uh, and then it comes out a few days later that he's left. He said his thank yous to the people that he believes helped him and the omission of certain others is, speaks volumes for me. But so far, until he goes on Jericho's podcast, <laughs> 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 uh, fair play to him. He's went about it all the right way, in my opinion, and I've got no ill will against him at all.
1: I think going to AEW would be a major mistake for him.
2: Right.
1: I just don't think he's suited, and I don't want to see him there. So suited in the sense that I just feel like he would become just like a lot, a lot of people are there just a bunch of people doing spots and I'm like this guy is legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world and I believe at one point for a significant time he was the best wrestler was, yeah. under the WWE umbrella um,
2: especially the goes, he was on fire yep, doing that
1: his entire NXT stuff um, whether it goes back to Mexico and there was money there I don't know Um <laughs> I don't seem going to impact um, the, the, the other thing would be whether it goes back to New Japan I think the only reason I would say no is I think you have to factor in his relationship with Charlotte and how much that could suffer from it well,
2: he has posted a photo of him wearing the sombra gear uh, CMLL stickers in the background Mm-hmm. don't know You see
1: that that AAA um you know, so we we'll wait and see where he ends up. But I will say this, right? A couple of things. How Otis had a more significant moment as a singles wrestler on the main roster than he did mm-hmm. is beyond me. Right? You have got guys like Otis, no offence to Miz, but I like Miz. I really like Miz, actually. I really like Miz. Um, I'm just trying to think of other possible, like, people who I'm just, like, gobsmacked by, how they were being. how, hell, even if you look at someone like Apollo Crews, Apollo Crews is is starting to be featured a lot more, um, if you look at other singles wrestlers in the last, like, couple of years, um, I'm just trying to think, even if you look at, hell, something like Jinder Mahal a few years back as well, when you look at that stuff, um, There's a lot of people out there that seem to have had better treatment as a singles wrestler than Daddy did, and it baffles me. I know a lot of people are like, well, who are you kind of thing, or what are you, what do you bring? I mean, let's not forget, right, it's a wrestling company. I don't give a shit about sports entertainment and all that. You are a wrestling company first and foremost, right? And I get you want something on top of the wrestling, you know, larger life, or, you know, what else do you bring? Because... When you think about it, if you get to one of the big three major companies New Japan, AEW or WWE, 90% of the people there can go, right, to an extent. But you had a perfect mouthpiece in Zelina Vega. It just, it, and just, like, and just got him, just put on great matches and let Zelina Vega build them up and do all the talking. And it baffles me that they never found a spot for him. Um,
2: another obviously.
1: thing I will say, yep, another thing I will say is Andrade versus Gargano was arguably the highest peak for NXT when they were at their highest peak I think that match Mm. is the absolute peak of NXT and that was during a time where NXT was just producing weekly bangers and that's for me, is the greatest NXT match ever. I think that's one of the greatest WWE matches, if not perhaps, like, one of the top three or five. Possible case for one of the best, the best WWE match ever. It's certainly one of the best North American matches ever. Like, that match literally was flawless. And I think, in my own way that I view match, and I always say that I look at matches like, like, it's simplistic. I would go out my way to watch something, or if I stumble across it, or I would never watch it again. You know, Another wee category in between. But I also say stuff like, if you go back and watch Bret Hart matches, for instance, it's a lot of these matches stand, and we've heard me say it on the podcast before, it stands the test of time. In 10, 15, 20 years' time, that Gargano, our mass match will still stand the test of time and people still look at it and be like, yeah, I can see why people are losing shit over that match. Yep.
2: It's, it's not my personal favourite, but I do still hold it highly. Uh and it fits in with, you believe in 2018 was NXT's peak, I I feel that as well um, the Almas, the Gargano match was fantastic uh, during a time when I didn't really bother tuning in regularly to the main roster, I made sure that I saw these Mysterio matches and I don't care how often they fought, I could have watched Andrade destroy Rey Mysterio weekly, like a best of eleven hundred series. It was an absolute nice, like, joy to watch,
1: and that was the first time I felt like in a long time we saw what was it a Canadian Destroyer in that match? I can't remember which match it was, but we saw and We were all like, "Whoa, uh-huh. they've done that!" And all of a sudden, that shit become a Superman uh-huh. kick or a working punch. But you know, when they when they pulled out of the bag, we were all but like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. You know, we've not saw that in the WWE ring in a long last time.
2: Their chemistry was just too perfect. That's what I'm saying. It was frightening how good they were together. This is Ray Mysterio, whose, whose needs are made of dust as well.
1: My only, th- the only thing I can think of is the reason why he never got pushed the way we felt he should have or we thought he was going to was the lineage. But... it's it, <sighs> but... you have Vega there? Like, that's what's baffling see
2: I wonder if something else for things we don't know about Selena Vega because you have to think as well there's a language barrier but then Angel Garza comes in into that weird stable that they had going on with Vega uh, Garza Theory Andrade mm-hmm. it's a weird time it was the start of the COVID uh, empty stage sound stages it was just a bit odd but Gaza came in, and very charismatic as we knew from NXT. Speaks very good English, so understandably, from Vince's perspective, like, "Oh well, I've got the charisma that I'm looking for in a Hispanic star here." But he was off TV for a bit. Zelina is gone, so Andrade doesn't have his mouthpiece. Zelina is married to Alistair Black, Tommy End. She's not been on T V for a long time. It's something I d I don't know, I think they maybe a bit conspiratorial of me, but it's too much of a coincidence for But here's the thing. You know, when Nakamura and Sammy
1: Zayn were together and Sammy Zane was basically a mouthpiece and was, you know, the hype man. Mm-hmm. You know, really what 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 business did they have being together? You know? Like it's not difficult. To find someone who could have been that mouthpiece for him, like Heyman, Heyman was sat around for about six months doing nothing before ultimately aligning himself with Roman.
2: Fucking almost doesn't talk at all.
1: It's, it's just I don't know, man. Like I, I guess, I guess this is where I've always said I'm different because it's wrestling is all that matters, in my opinion. But I get Business wise, that's not what makes sense. I I, I won't sit here and fight anyone over that. I say, just from my perspective, and that's just the way I'm looking at it. The guy, legitimately, is one of the best in the world, and you're trying to tell me you couldn't find a spot for him.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And I know I see where people will come back and say, Well, what was he? Like, you know, and and from a business point of view, I'm I'm not talking about business, I'm talking about you couldn't find a single spot for him as a singles wrestler, you couldn't align him with someone something, anything so, I said we may never know but I agree with the fact that he came out and thanked him and Regal and Triple H in that tweet, it says a lot so we'll just wait and see we'll
2: wait and see right. um, he, was a, he was a heel wrestler with the Lucha Libre sensibilities but he also had a snapshot brawling style and it was a very good combo for a heel and I think it's unfortunate that we don't get to see that more often. Now. Things like he's, he's running double knees into the turnbuckle or the, the sort of pivoted elbow that he does. Uh, I think he's, despite him being Lucha Libre, it stood out over and above other Lucha Libre because of that intensity that he brings to it. Uh it's captivating. He had a mouthpiece. You could have found another one, no problem. Uh, they've got lots of high flyers that it could have worked with. I just it's just different. It's a it's a it's a disappointment. Uh, bad time I really, really hope that Charlotte Fleur used some clout. I don't I saw the rumours that she was saying that said uh, if he's if you don't let him go, I'm gone. I really can't imagine Charlotte Flair would uh, throw away a WWE career like that. But I would really hope she had some clout and said, fucking let him do what he wants.
1: I think she has plenty of clout and I think if Why? she wanted to, she could have. And that's what I put out the other day in the tweet. I was like, if she ends up being released or walking away, like I can't wait for everyone who hated her to suddenly stand on her when she ends up in AEW. Um, and, and then... In the flip side, and I wish I tweeted that Kayla put it out and it was like, on the flip side for everyone who has loved her is to be like, oh, she was pushed too much, she was this, she was that, and I'm like, well, you know, both sides are the same different things before.
2: You, um, see if Charlotte was to go to AEW, she should walk up to the champion right now and say, that's mine, give me it.
1: Oh, I say that in the same tweet, you're going to say we could potentially get Charlotte versus Shida, sign me the hell up for that.
2: Like that's an Sign thing. me up. You don't muck about with Charlotte Flair in the mid cards. Over, no,
1: over. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't do that instantly. I would maybe have like a small interaction, but then I would have Charlotte just bow her for like, just, just over like a one for two, just bowing up to a pay per view, just so she's going through, making her way up there, and then you get to it. I wouldn't want to go straight in. That would be her first match and she immediately wins the title. I, like, I'm not or worse you don't have her a title like I said they've made that mistake several times but I wouldn't put her in there immediately I would take give her the way that FTR worked their way up to the title shot but I would do it in a in a much more short and condensed period mm. just have her mow through certain talents not all of them not not the main ones maybe um, and then have her have her four or five matches and then just be like yeah I want that I'm coming for that
2: now, please. I would, you know, I'd be here all day for that. Oh no, I th- I just think she's just too big to be mucking about in a mid card Over in a card that struggles to get featured, she mm-hmm. should be up the top saying, "Fucking look at me, look at what I've done. Yes, I'm part of the WWE machine." But I still worked my arse off to get where I am. That's just great. Uh, right, I think there's, we've covered quite a lot tonight. Quiz? Do you have a quiz ready? I do. Alright, oh, fantastic. What kind of quiz are we looking forward to tonight? A Daniel Bryan one. Did this not happen last week? I don't remember what happened last week. Yeah, I'm going to bring up my answers. <laughs> oh, you did do it, boys! Damn it! That's that wasn't his catchphrase. That was Farouk. <laughs> go for it. Okay,
1: here we go. Question number one. Oh. Let's now two seconds to pull my notes up. Okay, here we go. Right, question one. Who did Daniel Bryan lose to on the first ever episode of NXT?
2: Oh, it was Chris Jericho. Correct. In a title match, no less. <laughs>
1: Question number two, when Daniel Bryan was quote-unquote fired from WWE for choking Justin Roberts, what did he
2: use to choke him with? Justin Roberts' tie? The ropes. Was that a... nah, it? Nah, it was his tie. Why did you say <laughs> <like>, Why? <laughs> That's like fault. Like, see, if there was a serial killer profiler team on you, they would just say you are a habitual liar just because. A
1: serial liar, yep. Question number three. At which pay per view did Daniel Bryan beat The Miz to win his first championship in WWE? And I'll give you multiple choice, right? We've got Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Knight of Champions.
2: Knight of Champions. Correct. At TLC, who did Daniel
1: Bryan win to win the world heavyweight championship? Um, I'll give you it. I was going to give you multiple choice. Okay, please do. So, right, Sheamus or Alberto Del Rio, or Big Show?
2: A uh, Big Show. Correct. There's that cash in or something like that? Was mm. this is question
1: number? Five. <laughs> right, sorry. Um, at WrestleMania thirty, in the main event, mm-hmm. who did Daniel Bryan get to tap out?
2: Dave Bautista.
1: Listen, that is correct.
2: And that is a five out of five so far for you. I, I'm kind of, I'm equally surprised at my own performance, but a bit insulted that you sound surprised. How? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just that. Okay. Question
1: number six. Who cashed in their money in a bank on Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam to become a WWE champion?
2: That's an easy one. Brother Keith, also known as Randall Orton,
1: also known as Keith Lee. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? Daniel Bryan has held the money in the bank briefcase contract. True. You sound very um, unsure.
2: No, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure because you kind of, you've asked a question kind of about it earlier when he cashed in on Big Show
1: and I was hoping you never says that now I realise you did so again I've had enough time to change my question that's alright so what you question 7
2: I'll muck up don't worry you've heard me at the end of performances i shambles that sounds dodgy actually <laughs> 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 it's, it's even dodgier that you've only heard it as well yeah no,
1: that's true Right, Daniel Bryan's first title win in WWE
2: was what? What oh, was the title? Yep. Uh, the most attractive card that is now no longer with us: the United States Championship. That is correct. And defended at next pay-per-view held in a cell. With how a wonderful triple threat submission match with John Morrison and Mike Mizanin, is that your next question?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> it's just so good.
2: And uh, how many? S- sorry, go? Daniel Bryan. Yes, I know, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's just phenomenal.
1: Um, and how many seconds did... Daniel Bryan lose his title to against
2: Sheamus I'll say 18 12 oh goodness there
1: goes the the perfect record are
2: you lying to me right now no you've lied to me in the last five minutes
1: I know not this time that was in co Correct. Right, I'll be surprised if you will get this. Daniel Bryan once won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight tag team titles with
2: um fuck it, Nigel Nigel McGuinness? Uh-huh.
1: It's incorrect. correct. I know, I guess.
2: Uh, X
1: Impact, current AEW
2: wrestler. Chris- Christopher Daniels. Correct.
1: This is the the last um, question. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: You You went for a perfect 10 out of 10. That's a gutter, it really is. Right.
1: Daniel Bryan teamed up with which legendary tag
2: team to take on The Shield? The Brothers of Destruction.
1: Nine out of ten. Give yourself a pat in the back. I oh will. Even even you could figure out you got ninety
2: percent. <laughs> you cheeky bugger. <laughs> you cheeky bugger. But yes. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do some fact checking right now.
0: All right.
2: Wrestlemania 27 I call one of your questions into dispute
1: Oh, the... oh the... what did you say? 12?
2: oh no it should be 28 29 sorry Uh, no, I said 18.
1: Oh, well, you got it right then. i ah, sorry, I thought you said 12.
2: No. Oh, sorry. No, 18. Said, you said 12.
1: Oh, sorry, did I? Sorry, I just clearly got confused. I it was 18. It was 18. You got a 10 out of 10. So, oh. to get, to get, um, to get, really get the plaudits this week, what was, how much did you score percentage-wise then? <laughs>
2: a hundred a CN percento well done. how did you manage to
1: figure
2: that out because I've got a, a found a found a general standard grade in maths
1: alright oh, so you didn't do um, 10 divided by 10 multiplied by 100
2: no no oh, right. ok uh, I, it also took me until 6 years so that includes intermediate 2 <laughs> in fifth year. So, standard, <laughs> ed, credit, standard grade, maths. The, the, this uh, hierarchy of qualifications is out of date now. But, credit in standard grade, intermediate two in fifth year, which is basically a condensed credit standard grade because I was right at it. And then in sixth year, I finally got my higher in maths, but it was still a C. <laughs>
1: I never even got higher in Mars. I chucked it.
2: Aye, because it was beneath you.
1: No. So what I'd done, right, and um, in fifth year, I don't know if I ever say this to you, it shouldn't come as a surprise to you, right? In fifth year, um, I, you know how you would do your prelims in like December, and then your final exams like in May or whatever it was uh-huh. and then if you basically got like an A in your prelims and you got like a C in your final one you could appeal it and you probably get like
0: a B I,
2: um, I think so
1: so that was no. I
2: don't know if that's still normal
1: practice but it is now so obviously if you get better in your prelim you can always appeal it to see if you would bump it up um, I spent a lot of uh, fifth year um,
2: <coughs> uh, blazed <laughs> <laughs> Are you full of the roots Yes. So,
1: I would say the latter part, so, like, I messed up on several exams in fifth year, um, but I thought I would get, like, an appeal on a number of my ones that I basically messed up on, and I did. Maths was one of them. And then I went into sixth year, but because you don't know about your appeal, you still have to pick your subjects for the next year.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: So I basically then... Uh, I went in to do higher maths again. I also went in to do higher business, higher um, IT accounts, it was, as well as um, I think it was like higher English because I'd only got like a C or something. I wanted something better. So basically, I was aiming to take a walk away with at least like six hires to go straight to a uni. And I knew one was already in the bag, or well, two technical were in the bag, and I was waiting on appeals the other ones. I then um, I got an appeal for a couple of them, but anyway, long story short, I walked into sixth year, having to do five or six subjects, whatever it is you would do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, after the first month, because I got some of the results I needed in, in appeals and stuff. And I never went to uni; I went to I, I missed a year and went to college, so I couldn't go to uni. Um, I I ended up after a month starting at six subjects, whittled down to just, I think you know this, where i just done one subject and it was English. Oh and my, I, <laughs> my Fridays consisted of four free periods. The first four periods where I sat about the, in the canteen and stuff doing nothing but playing cards, I would go in for the fifth period because it was just after lunch and I was English, and then I was free. The sixth period, so far, from September all the way through to February, That's what my Fridays and my weeks consisted of, basically doing one subject, and it was only by chance, because I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time, and the the head of the year happened to walk past in the morning, and saw us two sitting together, and then she walked past again later on that day, and saw me again, and she was like, why are you out of class again? (laughs) And I was like, I've got a free period." And basically she was like, no, you don't. So she then had to go, had to go into her office and she pulled up, you should be doing this, this and that. And I was like, yeah, I, 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 like, I decided not to do those classes because I got the appeal and I just didn't say it." Oh my God. <laughs> so for like six months a year, I sat about doing absolutely nothing in six years. Fucking hell. Fun times.
2: And I was, strug- oh, I was struggling through maths and you're just sitting there getting zoots on the go. <laughs> <laughs> See... Well, <laughs> we were on the subject of exams. It was standard grade fourth year French, uh, and we had the exam. So it's all those individual tables, and I was at the very back of the room. And you remember the adjudicators you got that came around to make mm-hmm. sure you weren't cheating and stuff. Yep. So I'd, I, I was good at French. Um, i would like A's and ones and all that. So I was no problem with French. So I'd finished the exam a wee bit early. And the adjudicator came round at the end and started collecting people's papers and I was facing the back, I was already at the back of the room, so I was just having a good old stretch and a yawn and was facing the back wall. And I turned round, no clue why, to this day, why I did it, but I was I just went full Steve Austin mode and turned round and did the double bird. Two middle <laughs> fingers. And the adjudicator <laughs> was right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And he never even said anything. <laughs> I, could, I could have got sacked for if i for giving oh. this guy the middle fingers and he just looked at me and went, right, cheers.
1: He should have just been like, oh, I'm sure you understand, I'm sure the French understand that as well.
2: Aye. toi, soisants says I just kicked your arse, your derriere.
1: <laughs> oh, Fantastic. I think I actually done all right in French, but I never took it as a hire or anything.
2: Oh, that was my... Oh. That's a, a passion, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed French. Renee Dupree, oh, school. Fun times, school days. Fun, but some of it was fucking shite as well.
1: Oh, horrendous. It's like, when I, like I says, when I get busted, I have to go back to all those classes and sit in the back of the class and study. Oh I'm my like, God. what am I studying for? And I'm, like, I'm only doing one subject.
2: You have a dunce's cap on.
1: I remember the first day I walked back in and I kind of looked at him and I was like why are you here you've not been here months." and I was like I know I get told I need to come back and study for my other classes because I'm sitting about doing absolute hee haw, other than playing fucking uh, switch What already? I don't know tell me about it Ah, uh, we've all done. Fifth and sixth year. Fifth and sixth year. Aye, it,
2: it was a disaster, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was. I don't remember much
1: from the last, from like February onwards and, and fifth year.
2: Well, like yourself, it was a uh, Zoot City for myself as well. It, so... It, but
1: it was one, It was one. you know how we used to get, is it, what, what did they call you? We used to call them, was it Nabs or Tap, was it Nabs? And then we used to get them like once a month, or once every couple of months, and it sort of contributed to how we do, like, a test, basically.
2: And we didn't get contrib- them. But I'm aware of them. The naps, yeah. So you would get, and I remember, obviously, with some of them you'd go in,
1: like whether it be maths or business or whatever it might be, and you're absolutely blazed when you're doing it, and you go <laughs> back in the next day, and it could be like your first period, so you've not had a chance to, because I'd only ever do it um, at break time and lunchtime, and you'd sit and you would look at your answers and you're like, what the. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Almost passed my entire lifetime for some weed. a yeah, good
2: choice. It's terrible when you think about it. The stupid things you do just to get a blast. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Right. Tell us your embarrassing school stories uh, at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. This, as you know now, has been the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows such as Grown Men Watch This Shit, One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Great Match Generator, 8-Bit Suplex, Grave Consequences and All Things Elite. Give us a review, five stars if you can, Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. You can head over to socialsuplex.com to get the podcast's website style. Columns website still and if you want them sent directly to your email inbox you can press the subscribe button go over to the show notes and you will find links to our Pro Wrestling Tees t-shirt site, links to our donation site for both us as a podcast and us as a network and also we are at the Squared Circle on the Wrestling Squared Circle on Facebook and we're at Ricky and Clive and I think that's us for this week Ricky?
1: Yep. Uh, I think that is us. One Nation Radio are taking a, a hiatus at the moment.
2: Right.
1: Unsure for how long, but taking a small small
2: hiatus. Shout out to One Nation Radio. Very much so. Shout out to Sir Sam, who's publicised today that he's, chuck- he's chucking the column writing on Wrestling Headlines. Slash pain For a while. Uh, and as it, this will be coming out tomorrow. I've actually made the decision myself as well. I'm just copying Sir so Sam because I think he's pure cool. Uh, I'll, be <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> uh, I'll be stopping... I'll be stopping the brand extension columns on wrestling headlines will be in hiatus for a, a a spell also. Just busy shit, even, even only with a fortnightly schedule. It's just... Becoming a bit of a drain on my mind and just time and stuff, so I'm calling it quits for just now, focusing on the spoken format, which I prefer anyway. So please don't expect the podcasts to improve in quality anytime soon, though. No, just letting you know.
1: Now, one day I might end up
2: turning up, I might turn up here high as a kite and just start talking. Oh, I'd love that so much.
1: Imagine if the content
2: was actually better. <laughs> Aye, like, you, you, you went in the zone and had some really deep analytical takes. <laughs> like, philosophical wrestling chat and stuff. That's it. Right. Well, thanks for listening to us this week, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll speak to you next week. Yep. Take care, folks.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next-